This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Welcome to the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Apparently, uh, Jay got stuck at uh, Customs coming back into the States from uh, Caracas uh, yesterday. So, taking another day uh, trying to get back into the States, I'm told. Uh, you know, I could be wrong. But that was my understanding that he couldn't get back into the country. So, uh, you know, good luck. Uh, we hope he comes back and gets back uh, strong, uh, gets through the border tonight. Or sometime today, he may have already. It may have already happened, and he's just on his way back to the states now. But he didn't, wasn't able to make it in time for this broadcast, and so he, uh, you know, sends his uh, regrets and wants you to know that he's doing his best to get through customs and get through the border patrol and be back to you, his listeners. But until then, you've got me, Jeff Fisher. On the Blaze Radio Network, filling in for Jay. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can always follow me on Twitter, at JeffyMRA. Facebook Radio, uh, Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio. And uh, Instagram, at JeffyMRA. A lot of stuff going on today. We're also going to be joined uh, a little bit later by a friend of mine, an author, uh, um, Brad Belter. I'm going to go see, uh, I just, as I was walking in here, I just saw uh, Brad Thor uh, walking by, and I was going to try to snag him, but <laughs> whatever. Apparently, he's got some interview with some guy named Glenn Beck, and whatever, that outranks me, fine, whatever, be that way. <laughs> but uh, I'm hoping that maybe he walked down the hallway here in a little bit, and we can steal him and uh, see what's happening with uh with Brad Thor as well, out hawking his new book, Foreign Agent. So we still have all kinds of, uh, we've got the Brexit. I mean, we were going to have to go through a little bit of Brexit. I've got uh, I've got a, a list here from the BBC of, you know, what, what you really need to know. That's tomorrow. And here in the States, I know, uh, you know, the majority, or maybe not the majority, but many people are kind of like, oh, come on, Brexit, what are you talking about? Well, listen, we're told that the fall of the European Union and the world rests on the United Kingdom's shoulders of staying in the European Union. And if they vote to get out, it could collapse the entire system. If the United Kingdom, which, by the way, was accepting the uh, the Euros but still never went away from the pound, uh if they got rid of the European Union, and by the way, the people uh, overwhelmingly, and we'll see what the vote says, but you know, by all reports, the people were really pissed at the European Union for their uh, for all the 
the measures and uh, and marks that they're doing against, you know, it's almost Obama-ish with his uh, uh, rules and regulations. And uh, the European Union has put out all kinds of uh, referendums, and not even referendums, just all kinds of uh, mandates uh, on a number of things, and none the least of which is now coming up that they're going to uh, change uh, the toasters and the teapots and the coffee makers. And uh, I know it's kind of a joke uh, in the United Kingdom, uh, you know, with the tea and and the crackers. But uh, if they start messing with the teapots and the toasters, uh, the everyday people are like, "Uh, no. Um, You think you know? So I know this was kind of like the straw that broke the cable's back, but we'll go through Brexit, and that happens tomorrow. And uh, tomorrow, I think it goes until the voting stays open until 5 Eastern. So tomorrow evening, we should know at least a little something uh, of what uh, what happened, what the people, of what either the fix was in or the people spoke, one or the other. <laughs> but we've got to go through a little bit of breakfast. And then uh, we've got... Um, We've got Marco Rubio, uh, Senator Marco Rubio. Uh, he'll be senator until 2017. Uh, he said today uh, that he will seek re-election to the Senate. Not a big surprise, uh, considering that uh, one of the congressmen uh, had already stepped down uh, that was going to run uh, for that seat. And the other one uh, said he would step down if uh, Marco decided to run. Uh, so he's reversing a pledge he made a year ago, saying uh, he would assume the presidency or return to private life. Well, you know what? I've had to rethink that. Uh, he issued a lengthy statement explaining his decision to reverse course, citing the Senate's power to act as a check and balance on the excesses of a president. Blah, 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 blah. Thank you, Marco. We appreciate it. Donald Trump, presumptive nominee of the Republican Party, was among those encouraging Rubio to run, tweeting, important to keep the majority. Run, Marco. Rubio did say in his statement that his decision to run was motivated as much by his concerns about Trump as by his concerns about presumptive Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Clinton. Uh, I believe Marco doesn't like either one of them. Uh, it's unclear what happens now to the remainder of the Republican field, but a poll released Friday by St. Leo University showed Rubio easily outpolling any of the already declared GOP candidates, winning the support of roughly half of the likely primary voters. Now, uh, a couple of things about the Democratic race for that Senate seat. Uh, Representative Patrick Murphy is running against Representative Alan Grayson. I don't know uh, about Patrick Murphy that I can recall, but we all know that Alan Grayson is a world-class douche. Uh, In fact, he is an upstanding member of the Douche Hall of Fame uh, from the Patents 2 show coming up immediately following this broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, Murphy uh, has the support of the National Party apparatus and raised more than $7 million for his campaign. That proves that uh, even Alan, douche, Alan Grayson is even more of a douche. 
I, I can't. This guy, he is really a bad guy. But uh, the line from uh, Murphy was uh, really good, talking about Marco Rubio, saying uh, he abandoned his constituents and now he's treating them like a consolation prize. Unlike Marco Rubio, I love working hard every single day for the people of Florida. Great line and a great uh, great cover for the uh, campaign. But uh, good luck, God bless. Uh, Marco is uh, is a Florida boy, and he uh, is uh, pretty strong in Florida, as we found out in his last race against uh, what's-his-face, former governor. I can't think of his stupid name now. I know him, too. Um it doesn't matter. Marco beat him and he wasn't supposed to because he's Marco Rubio and he's a Florida boy and he's a good guy and he'll probably win this race too. I hope so. I mean, I want him to win this race because if he doesn't, that's bad for him. Okay? Uh, if he loses this race, he's done. I'm sorry. He's, right now he's sitting pretty. Um, prior to saying he was going to run again, he was sitting pretty, right? He, uh, while he, I know it was frustrating for him to, uh, step out of the race and get his butt kicked from Donald Trump. Trust me, Marco, it hurt a lot more people than you think, but he was able to say, Hey, I'd already said it was the presidency or bust, uh, DC or bust. And uh, my Senate seat is up 2017. You people can have at it. I'm going to go back to spend some time with my family and be in the private sector. And I'm going to run in 2020. And he, everybody was like, cool. Okay, good. I think he got a little concerned that he would be the forgotten man if he wasn't in D.C. Uh, and by the time 2020 rolled around, that's probably what his advisors was telling were telling him. Um, I don't know that I agree with that. And I also disagree with the fact that, uh, oh, even if you lose, you're fine. No way. This is a big gamble for him. Cause if he loses, if he wins, no problem. If he wins, it actually probably looks pretty good. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a good bet that he's going to win. And if he wins, he'll look pretty darn good. Uh, we've got a Senate seat back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's another politician telling us he wasn't going to, he wasn't going to a run again. Uh, that's not really a lie. He was just not telling the truth is all. <laughs> oh, this is silly. Not really a lie. It's it's a, just not telling the truth is all. I mean, don't be stupid. That's just crazy. And, you know, we talked uh, a little bit uh, on my Saturday show this past Saturday about uh, the book uh, uh, Congressman X. And I'm having the author on, uh, we got uh, our wires crossed for last Saturday, so I'm having the author on here uh, very shortly, uh, very soon on uh, my broadcast on Saturday, Confessions of Congressman X. But he uh, goes through uh, an exactly uh, scenario that is not good about Congress. And one of the things that reminded me of that was a uh, Marco saying one thing and now we're going to do another. And, you know, most people are happy. Yay. Marco's going to run again. And we like Marco and we want him to be Senator and darn the luck. He's not president. Right. Yeah, of course. But then you have uh, attorney general, uh, Loretta Lynch and her uh, pal, uh, Barack Hussein Obama. Uh, and she, uh, she is, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh yeah. Agonizing. Well, that's another word I'm looking for. Um, probably almost criminal. Yep, that one too. 
Uh, she said uh, that, uh, look, Pulse and the murders, Omar, we may, all that we know now, and the investigation is still ongoing, but we may never really know the true motive of why he did this. We just may never, never know. Now, she also told us what we can do to stop these terrorist attacks and stop this hateful, hateful Islamic Muslim hate that comes and oozes out of everybody here in the United States. And she told us how to curb that right here. And that our most effective response to terror and to hatred is compassion, to unity, and it's love. Right? Can we? I'd like to play that again. I want to be able to get soak that into my soul. Just go ahead, play it again, please. And that our most effective response to terror and to hatred is compassion, to unity, and it's love. Think about it. That's what I have to say to that. Okay? <laughs> Think about it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number if you'd like to participate. This is the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher sitting in. This is Jay Severin, Severin. on the Blaze Radio Network. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, no, it's not. Uh, it's Jeff Fisher in for Jay Severin today. How in the world are you? Really? Why are you feeling bad? It's beautiful out. It's hot. It's warm. There's air conditioning. If you don't have air conditioning, just drink some cold water and try to catch a breeze a little bit. I mean, it'll be all right. Calm down. Calm down a little bit. Our government officials... Um, in the wake of this Orlando shooting, uh, and they've really been this way for quite some time anyway, uh, which is kind of agonizing. But uh, our government officials uh, did a wonderful thing today. You know, in the last couple of days, they've uh, provided um, fodder over uh, government gun laws and Second Amendment laws. And what really is kind of agonizing about the whole thing is that uh, nothing that they talked about, uh, nothing that they said they would do, uh, would have done a damn thing to help anyone. 
uh, any of the acts of terror that took place on this soil still could have happened with the new laws that they're trying to push if they were in effect. So it makes you wonder, what are the real motives? Doesn't it? It does me. Uh, yesterday there were four, maybe it was the day before, I don't know, there, there's been uh, four um, quasi-bills that they tried to pass that they couldn't get through. Uh, then they tried to come up with a uh, plan that they all would love. I think Kelly Ayotte and some other Dingle Barris was helping her with that. That had, uh, uh, you know, no fly, no buy, or no buy, no fly, whatever. whatever their stupid slogan is. And uh, so apparently they're the Democrats, who, by the way, stopped all the bills, uh, they were part of the Republican stopped the Democrat bills, and the Democrats stopped the Republican bills, and they all stopped each other uh, with, with four of them because they didn't like what the others was doing, and they were all about the same thing, uh, But because I want to be able to say, hey, you stopped ours. No, you stopped ours. Well, the great Democratic Party uh, with uh, John Larson from Connecticut, and I'm pretty sure that was Elijah Cummings that you're going to hear right at the very beginning, uh, did something uh, tremendous today. Uh, really did something that, uh, well, they occupied the, they occupied the house floor and doggone it. Did they make their point? But when they started on C- the C-SPAN footage was, uh, tremendous and I'll tweet the footage, but here is the audio of that footage on C-SPAN. Or not. My friend, my brother, for yielding. Yeah, that's a lot. Now is the time for us to find a way to dramatize it, to make it real. Real. We have to occupy the floor of the house until there's action. Rise up, Democrats. Rise up. Rise up, Americans. This (laughs) cannot stand. We will occupy this floor. We will no longer Rise be up. a right to vote. I yield to our majority whip and leader. <laughs> we sit down. Gentlemen's time is up. Your time is up. Your time is, so your time is up. So we can stand A of, of Rule 1. Ah, no, your time is up. We're done. Ah, that's in recess. And C-SPAN just takes it to recess. That's it. Oh, you're in recess and there's something going on. So what? We're going to recess. We're not going to cover any of that because uh, that's not what we do. When you're going to recess, houses in recess, we're done. We only cover what's uh, what's going on now with the houses in recess. And it shows them sitting on the house floor and making a statement because they're going to occupy the house floor. And it's, it's actually sad. Sad. That they want to take your rights away because they want to make you think that you're safer. But really all they want to do is take your rights away. That's it. Take your rights away. And for the most part, we've let them. 
If you look at what's going on, I mean, we've allowed things to happen that we probably shouldn't have. And I say probably because sometimes everything, yeah, well, yeah, it's fine. It looks good. Eh, that's fine. We need that regulation. It looks good. And we talk a little bit about that on patents too, coming up uh, after this broadcast about, you know, maybe we've just been ingrained with, geez, we need regulation. But you know what? We don't need all the regulations. Stop with all the regulations. Stop it. But we need to occupy. Occupy. Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. You know, this is an unpaid uh, commercial. Coke Zero, it's really good. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So, NASA, uh, you know, needs people who want to go to Mars. I, you know, it'd be kind of cool after they get the system down. I don't necessarily want to be the guy that goes and, you know, digs the hole and starts from the beginning. I want to be the guy that shows up when the holiday end's already there. <laughs> Whoa, man, it took me seven months to get here. But the holiday end's not bad, so stay here and enjoy Mars for a little while. But they already have received 18,000 applications as the most recent class of astronauts. They're still recruiting. They're still recruiting. Now, um, in September, SpaceX is going to announce details of their program called the Mars Colonial Transporter. Uh, Last year, of course, uh, NASA reaffirmed the goal of sending humans to Mars and it laid out a 2030 as a date of a manned surface landing and noted that plan 2020 Mars Rover would be in support of a human mission. They would use robotics and prepare underground habitat for arriving people. He noted that, uh, the advantages of living underground on Mars, especially that it eliminates the need to construct above ground shielding. Um, uh, yeah, uh, the surface activity was not excluded just that the crew would probably live underground for the most part, living underground on Mars has a bunch of advantages, according to NASA, and uh, would be prepared in advance of an armada of robots and robotic precursors to human presence. Now, if I got to use just, you know, stand around and, uh, you know, delegate and, uh, hey, robot, dig a hole here so we could put that, you know, beam here. Okay. I might be willing to do that. Now. This is kind of a down downturn for going to Mars. Uh, the trip could take around seven months uh, and a bit longer. And it might, you never know. It could go between six and eight months, really. Six and eight months. I mean, I get a little wound up on a you know two hour flight from you know Tampa to Dallas. Okay, two and a half hour. Calm down. I'm not on a speed plane. 
But, uh, you know, six to eight months. Ooh, man. I mean, if they could put you to sleep or maybe, you know, put, give you, put you in a, put you in a cabinet with some, you know, with some coma gel in your lungs or whatever they call it. You know what I'm talking about. The oblivion coma gel stuff. You go in the tank and close the top and then you breathe. It's the gelled oxygen that keeps you alive. I'm good with that. Sleep for six months? Yeah. We're here? Whew, man. Feels almost like yesterday when we left. Now, apparently, uh, Earth and Mars don't necessarily align up uh, perfectly in this big circle all the time. So it's... uh, you know, it's a little funky. You got to leave at the right time to uh, make it, uh, you know, six months. And then if you leave at the wrong time, it's eight months. I would say let's leave at the right time. Okay. But NASA has now released eight posters in a retro propaganda style. Uh, that's what uh, this is what Business Insider is calling the retro propaganda style. Kind of like that. Uh, highlighting uh, the different roles that would be needed. I actually, and they're letting you print them out if you want in the huge uh, TIF files. Uh, but I like the posters, and I really, I really would like to be one. Uh, you could download the posters. It shows a guy hanging. Uh, explorers wanted on the journey to Mars. It shows an astronaut going down, and then work the night shift on Mars Moon. Work the night shift on Martian Moon Phobos. Farmers wanted for survival on Mars. These are all giant posters. It'd be cool to have these posters. Survivors wanted to explore Mars and its moons. Teach on Mars and its moons. Technicians wanted to engineer our future on Mars. Assembly required to build our future on Mars and its moons. See, that's what I'm... uh, That whole assembly required thing? Hey... I'll come along after the assembly required group is done. We need you, the spaceship and the, we need many things for our journey to Mars, but one key piece is you. Huh? Yeah, I could go to Mars. That would be fun. That would be fun. I don't know after, you know, it'd be, you show up after the six month flight. And you hop out, you walk around a little bit, and then uh, then what? This is it. Uh, put me back to sleep. I'm ready to go home. I mean, you hang out for <laughs> you hang out for ten, twenty minutes. Hey, okay, maybe you, maybe you stay a night. You stay at the you know at the Holiday Inn Express uh, up on one of the you know Mars Moon Phobos and the Mars Moon Phobos Holiday Inn Express. And then you spend a night, and then you realize, you know what? Uh, this isn't all it's cracked up to be. Well, everybody's got their thing to do, but uh, I, uh, I'm bored. So uh, ship me back. Uh, the next ride isn't here for 10 months, sir. Um, let me just catch the one I landed on. That one just left. Oh, God. That would stink. That would sting, and that would be my luck, too. But it'd be fun to go to Mars, don't you think? I do, actually. It'd be fun. It would be fun. Okay, uh, Blaze Television Network. 
TheBlaze.com slash TV uh, is working on uh, some videos that a TV show that's called The American Dream. And we want to know, what does The American Dream mean to you? If you'd like to be part of this project, submit a video of yourself giving us your answer on what The American Dream means to you. And no, we don't need a 10-minute dissertation on what the American dream means to you. Just a quick video, minute or less. Send them to submissions at glennbeck.com. S-U-B-M-I-S-S-I-O-N-S at glennbeck.com. Deadline is this coming Sunday, June 26th. Okay. Make sure you do that. All right. Pete Rose. Pete Rose. This is Jeff Fisher, obviously, filling in for uh, Jay Severin this afternoon. Jay is uh, stuck at the border uh, in Venezuela trying to get back home. Uh, that's, what I, that's what I was told because uh, he was down in Caracas, uh, you know, hawking his wares at the flea markets yesterday, and he was trying to get back for today. And apparently he's stuck at the border and, you know, some paperwork mix up or something. So he'll be here tomorrow. He should be here tomorrow. So we're hoping to have him out of that whole uh South America issue uh, by tomorrow. Pete Rose cannot get into the Hall of Fame. Pete Rose, Charlie Hustle, the man, cannot get into the Hall of Fame. Now they, you know, because, all right, so we gambled. All right, so we gambled on baseball. So, I mean, he's got he's had all these records, but the cool thing is, is that they're the Cincinnati Reds, who aren't really having that great of a year this year, are going to celebrate Pete Rose during Hall of Fame weekend. We'll take a little break from the uh, the uh, season that uh, is now being called uh, I don't know the abysmal season. They'll induct Pete King, hit King Pete Rose into their Hall of Fame at the All American Ballpark. All right, so they're going to have a big, uh, big series of events dedicated to the most f- famous former Red, which is good. Wow, this might be fun to go to. The pregame ceremony will feature members of the Big Red Machine celebrating the 40th anniversary of the 1976 World Series championships. Forty years ago, 1976. Players scheduled to attend, Santo Alcala, Bob Bailey, Johnny Bench. They've got Johnny Bench there in parentheses, Sunday events, that's it. Uh, Johnny's a little busy. He's not going to be showing up for the whole weekend, okay? Uh, Jack Billingham, Dave Concepcion, Pat Darcy, Dan Drayson, Raleigh Eastwick, George Foster, Cesar Geronimo, Ken Griffey Sr., Don Gullett, Mike Loomy, Will McKinney, Fred Norman, Tony Perez, Manny Samantha, Don Warner, Joel Youngwood, Pat Zachary. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you want to talk about the big red machine, man. These guys are bad. Bad ass. You heard me. Bad ass. The big red machine. Now, for those of you still mad at Pete Rose for gambling and on baseball and... I don't know that it was ever really proven that uh, he bet on any games that he played in. 
I have to go back and look that up because I don't think he was betting on games that he played in. He may have bet on games that he managed. And he also, I don't think he ever bet against himself. You know, so he would always bet for him. So it was, it wasn't like he was throwing anything. If anything, it made him try harder. And the picture they have in the in the article that I printed out, and I don't know why it uh, it's so fascinating, but the picture is you know he uh, had his four thousand one hundred and ninety two hit uh, September eleventh, nineteen eighty five. Think about that. Wonder what the bet from Pete would be on the September eleventh correlation. I don't know. Eight 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 nine zero zero thirty three ninety three is the phone number. Uh, coming up right after this broadcast is the Pat and Stew Show, and then uh, tomorrow morning we're right back at it again with Doc and Skip, Glenn Beck, Buck Sexton, Jay Severin. Hopefully, is uh, out of Venezuela and back home here in the states. And then patents do all over again. There's no need to go anywhere else than right here, theblaze.com slash radio. Or you can go to the, if you go to the blaze.com slash radio homepage, uh, there's uh, all the shows that are live on the radio network on Saturdays as well, of which my show is one, uh, nine to noon on Saturdays. Uh, there's also some special podcasts that never make it to the Blaze Radio Network air that you're listening to now. But they're fascinating. Uh, there's plenty of people, plenty of podcasts. You can download them. Take us with you wherever you go. I know uh, I'm partial to you, you know, carrying me around in your pocket. That's me, though. Uh, some of the other hosts may have, you know, something, you know, different that they're partial to. So it makes America go round, right? We're all different. But for me, download it. Carry me around in your pocket and take me with you wherever you go. Okay? Thank you very much. 888-900-3393. Jeff Fisher sitting in for Jay Severin on the Jay Severin Radio Show. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. That it is, Jay Severin, on the Blaze Radio Network, except that it's not. Um, it's uh, not uh, Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. It's his show. It's got his name on it and everything, but it's just not Jay Severin. He's was busy down in... Venezuela couldn't get back today. Anyway, Jeff Fisher filling in for uh, Jay this afternoon. Thank you for uh, taking me along for the ride today. Uh, coming up immediately following this broadcast is uh, Pat and Stu uh, live on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't forget to listen to uh, my show on Saturdays, 9 to noon, uh, live on this network. And, of course, uh, Pure Opelka uh, immediately before uh, my broadcast, uh, 6 to 9. And then uh, Chris Salcedo, Mike Slater, Joe Pags, all live, all Saturday. My gosh. Between Monday and Monday through Friday, and then Saturday, and then you look at Sunday with David Barton, Bill Handel, Jackie D. 
Why do you even change networks? There's no need to. Theblaze.com slash radio. <laughs> Whether, you know, iHeart, wherever you listen to us. <laughs> Don't even think about using or listening to anyone else. Okay? Don't. Because then you're going to make me mad. And you do not want to do that. All right. Also, uh, during the season... Uh, I like to uh, do a thing, a separate little podcast on the Jeff Fisher radio page about The Walking Dead. And we do that for uh, the, uh, the, the, re- the real show, you know, the real show, the real Walking Dead. <laughs> and then also the new one, which, eh. But the latest uh, story from The Walking Dead talked about uh, how, you know, the last show of the season, the head guy killed a certain person. Everybody's been trying to guess who did it. Well, apparently, uh, they filmed everyone getting killed so that no one would know who actually got killed. Hey, okay, Walking Dead. I got a couple other ideas for you. You know, you can call me. Let me know, and we'll uh, we'll put it together for you, okay? Because whatever you've been doing hasn't been working at all. That whole number one TV show in America, <laughs> I can make it a lot better for you, okay? <laughs> I promise. <laughs> For Jeff Fisher, in for Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to the broadcast. Jeff Fisher sitting in for Jay Severin this afternoon on the Blaze Radio Network. It already feels like it's been a long, long week. But my friend Brad Meltzer, you know, from the website, the guy, bradmeltzer.com. It's a real person. It's not just a website. Uh, joining me now, I talked to him uh, when the tour of his new book uh, just got uh, was underway and uh, House of Secrets. And I wanted to talk to him. I told him we'd uh, try to hook up uh, when the tour was over and find out uh, some of the some of the cool things that happened on tour, if anything did. Now, usually it's probably boring, and he just sits around and signs books and says hello to a few people, and then that's it. But I was hoping for you know maybe some something bad happened. I mean, uh, you know, something weird happened. So what was the what was the coolest thing that happened to you on this tour for? Uh, the House of Secrets, Mr. Meltzer. So, first of all, um, the best thing that ever happens on the book tour is, let's be very clear, my friend, and that is when you're like, when you're at the very first stop, the sister of one of my first kisses ever, when like my first girlfriend when I was in elementary school, shows up. Oh, and man. That's the best, because I once, she actually showed up herself once, and I said, I announced that the book sign, and I said, I want to just announce to everyone that my first kiss is here and my wife is here. So my last kiss is here. My wife was like, it is absolutely your last kiss. If you say that again. <laughs> so, and I, I, and so isn't that fantastic when like, you know, that's, that's, a, and, and let me tell you this story. Cause this is just spectacular. So when I was in Chicago, um, on this on a, on an earlier tour. So when I was in, 
elementary school, my biggest crush was Ananda Breslov and Karen Aiken. Those were the two girls, Karen, Karen and Ananda. And Karen became my girlfriend. She was like, you know, and, and we all know our first girlfriend that sure. we had when we were little kids. And Nanda was the girl who I just didn't know if she liked me. So I could never ask her out because I did. You can't put, you know, you don't risk it like that. You got to know what's going on before you ask the question. I'm not, I'm Especially, not that yeah. stupid when I was yeah. little. Yeah. In those days, and, you're a little kid, you got to, you got to know that it's going to happen. Right. And I, and listen, I put as much thought into this as like the invasions of Vietnam. Like, <laughs> this is a big deal. Of course. Right. It's like my first yeah. girlfriend. So I never asked out an end and that was the way it went. And you know, here we are, Jeffy, 30 years later. I do a book signing, and thanks to my Facebook page or Twitter, I forget which one it was, Ananda contacts me and says, I'm coming to see you in Chicago on your book tour. Oh. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's really coming. Is she going to come or not? I think most people, you know, maybe she won't come. Right. Not like in Dallas, where I know I'm going to see you. We're texting each other. Right. People think, well, I know you're going to be there because we're texting all day. Right. Um, but this one, I just don't know. She told me once she was going to come weeks ago. Last person in line is Ananda. Oh. And she's sitting there. And I haven't seen her in 25 years. I haven't seen her. And she waits until the last place in line, and she says to me this. She said, you know, um, when we were little, I remember you came to my house, and such and such, you, this thing in my house got broken by you. And I said, wait, did I, did I break it on accident, or did I break it on purpose? And she said, no, you broke it on purpose. And I said, why would I be a jerk and break it on purpose? And she said, because you were upset because I wouldn't tell you if I had a crush on you. And I said, well, Amanda, of course, I, I always wanted to know if you had a crush on me. And she looks me straight in the eye, Jeffy, and at my book signing, she says to me, dummy, of course I always had a crush on you. And I look her in the eye and I say, Amanda, I've been waiting 30 years for you to tell me that. And I come out of the event, I call right? my wife, I get in the car, and I say, Amanda had a crush on me. And my wife said, you are the saddest man in the universe. <laughs> I mean... I, you know, that is kind of sad, actually, simply because why would you call your wife? Amanda was right there. But anyway. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> that's a, by the way, that's exactly what every single one of my friends said, though. <laughs> I mean, that's just foolish. She's right there. But, but anyway. But let me tell you, so let, me, let me tell you the best thing that happened on the book for House of Secrets. <laughs> so stupid. So, my you wife know, we could had just shoot me to be over with. We, I'm so sorry. What? I was just I was just thinking that my wife would just shoot me and it'd be done with. I w- I don't think I'd oh, even yeah. get a word. No I don't no think I'd just get a word all. in. Yeah, it wouldn't be a. That, it wouldn't right. be a. I told you. It would be just be dead. <laughs> no, no. She would be holding the brick in her hand that she was going to put over your head. <laughs> so anyway, I'm at the book. So so I'm at the books and we had some fun ones. We had, um, you know, we had people who traveled. One woman who drove from Michigan to Florida on a weekend because she said I was on her bucket list. She wanted not, you know, to meet and then another nice. woman who flew, who flew from Idaho to California because she said she wanted to meet. She said she was terrified of flying, but my the commencement address that I had given about the University of Michigan, uh, which we should talk about, uh, yes, we should. inspired her, and so she wanted to come. But the best one of all was this one. I'm in Florida, and I think you know this story, uh, but – my when I was in 11th grade, my 11th grade history teacher changed my life. She gave me my love of history. Um, you know, I host History Channel TV shows. I write thrillers like The House of Secrets, like anything else, and the kids' books I do all based in history. So I owe this woman forever. And I dedicated a book to her. And years later, 
uh, when she gets the dedication, she finally hears about the dedication, she writes me an email, and we go back and forth, and eventually she says, I didn't want to ask you this. I was uncomfortable, but I want to ask you this question. I said, what's the question? She said, well, basically, I'm really sick. My kidneys aren't functioning, and I need a new kidney, and I see you have, you know, a crazy amount of people on your Facebook page, all these thousands of people. Would you mind putting up a Facebook post to see if you can find me a match because I haven't been able to match with my family or friends or anyone else, and you help me find a new kidney? I mean, how could you say how how could you right. say no to that? Right, no, but <laughs> not having fun a new kidney, right? I mean, of but course, I'm going to do everything. Lo- I love to help you, but I can't. Have a nice day. Right, I'm very busy because I'm I'm looking at cat videos today. I can't. Right, all right, come on, stop it. So of course, I say uh, naturally, I'm going to help you. So I put I put out um, this email and on Facebook and says, please, someone help me save my 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 history teacher. And amazingly, all these people respond. And this one woman winds up being a match. And she comes down to Florida. They have to do now a biopsy to see if she's a final match. And when she's getting her biopsy, she writes me back. And I said, what what happened? She said, well, she goes, when they were doing a biopsy, this is the donor, on my kidney, Brad, they found cancer on my kidney. And they took it out. And I just want to thank you for saving my life. And I said, oh I didn't gosh. save your life. You saved your own life by volunteering to help my teacher. Yeah. So was... winds up that after that, I put in, I said, listen, sometimes you have to listen to the universe. This woman got her life saved. Uh, you know, thankfully it was a benign tumor that they found. But, you know, I said, we, we need to trust in the universe again. Can someone else donate a kidney? And amazingly, Jeffy, more people respond. And I this bet. one woman gets in contact with me, this woman, Amy, and she's like, listen, I have applied for the to do this for your teacher. I never heard back from anyone. Can you help me out? I'm like, listen, they're busy. They're, you know, they're dealing with lots of names. But for whatever reason, I say, you know what, in case it slipped through the cracks, I pull out the email. I forward it to my teacher. I say, listen, to the woman who's handling the request. And I said, this woman slipped through the cracks. Here you go. Right. It winds up. They call me back and they say, that one that you sent us, she's the match. So at the book sign, wow. so six months ago, she came down donated her kidney, saved my, my history teacher, um, and at the book signing for House of Secrets, at three different events, was my teacher in Florida, the donor in Virginia, and the original donor who found the tumor inside her in California. And I said, these three people, they get to cut the line. If you give or get a body part, you get to cut the line. That's, <laughs> That's a pretty good rule. So that, was, that was the best. I'm guessing most people were okay with it. I mean, you there know, might have been one. that person who, who swore they were having a, a heart surgery next week, and I said, prove it. But other, other than that, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, I, I probably would have pulled that out too. I mean, I've, I, you know, I've, I've given them a god body part before too. Uh, no, really. Yeah, you got to be able to prove that stuff. Uh, Brad Melter, uh, BradMelter.com. I noticed that uh, you know you've got not only have. Uh, as I go to the uh, the fine website of bradmelzer.com, and we will get to your little commencement speech that uh, you know you're so proud of. I, I got you, but uh, I noticed that you've uh, got uh, House of Secrets up and uh, President Shadow, and you still got your uh, your uh, Jane Goodall and George Washington books coming up with the kids. Have we had a George Washington reading on Facebook yet? I have not. We're going to do that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, no. You know, you're reading my brain. We always, we always try and read it like right as the book comes out. We do story time live on Facebook. We did do a House of Secrets reading. We did the first ever adult reading, and everyone said, "Wait, an adult reading? Is this like pornography?" And I was like, "No, it's not that kind of adult. It just means 
No, they that need to go to Jeff Fisher. Je- go to Jeff Fisher Radio's page for that. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, exactly I'll take care of them. Everyone, all the, oh, thank all you. the pornography requests I sent your way. Like, thank you very much. I, I appreciate your, it. I just gave you your whole phone number. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> so September is Washington. Yeah. So September we do. What? I am George Washington, and I am Jane Goodall, and this is the year of George. You know, because obviously the House of Secrets has a lot of George Washington and Benedict Arnold. We already spoke about that. Right, but right, I right, wanted right, to right. do even more towards. I mean, you can, we can talk about. I mean, we can talk about the book uh, again if you'd like. That's fine. I mean, yeah, no, whatever book. you want. You you tell me where I'll, you know. I'll go anywhere you want. But to I go. was just I was just fascinated by I'm fascinated by the the kids' books, and you know I thought I didn't realize that they weren't even out till September. Perhaps I should read yeah, so on the, the website books, too. Right, the next kids' books come out in uh, in September sixth. We're doing. I'm Jane Goodall. I'm George Washington, and because House of Secrets has a lot of George Washington, I was like, let's do George Washington again. And, of yeah. course, I put all the cool secrets in the kids' books that I've been using in the thrillers. So in the kids' books, you see that, you know, you get to see, we, we, we make it very clear, there was no cherry tree that was chopped down. That was all, you know, a lie. But here's what was right. true is George Washington used invisible ink. And here was his real code name. 711 was his big code name. was his code name he used to use in the Revolutionary War. And my editor is like, do we really need to put that he used invisible ink? And I'm like, trust me, it's so cool. Oh, heck yeah. So when I do what... what and when I do these books, I always test them out of my own kids. So I'm reading with my youngest son, and I'm reading the proof copy of him. And he's like, George Washington wrote Invisible Ink. That's so cool. I'm like, I know. Tell the editor. <laughs> I know. Call this number right now. Tell him. Tell him. Of course it is. I'll beat the editor who once wrote. I remember I had an editor who once wrote on the side of the page in one of my early drafts in one of my manuscripts in big letters sideways so I wouldn't miss it. I'm so bored right now, I want to put a gun in my mouth. <laughs> and I was like, so how do you really feel about this one? That's so great. I mean, not really. But, I mean, you know, sadly, those are kind of the things, you know, we that inspire us to get to the point where we're saving people's lives. Right? I mean, you, if it no, wasn't for this I, guy. I, I firmly believe. No, that I, I, you know what? All kidding aside, that's exactly right. In fact, that's. That's what my commencement speech was about. My commencement speech huh. was about um, that you need to, the, the greatest risk that you're ever going to take in your life is you got to admit what you want. Because we all know what we want, but we just never admit it. Because if you admit it, then you risk not getting it. Right. But if you want to take that risk, if you want to admit what you want, you have to do a couple of things. And one of them is you have to find what you love. And we all know that. you got to find what you love to do. That's how you admit what you want. But the key thing, as you just mentioned, is you got to find what scares you and what terrifies you and what you're bad at because those things can drive you. And so years ago, when I was in high school, I used to scoop ice cream at the Haagen-Dazs in the local mall. Man, and i got to tell you. We, convi- that, we convinced yeah. the owner to make us the managers of the, of the Haagen-Dazs because I worked there since I was 15 years old. My family didn't have the money, and we, I needed a job. So I was working there since I was 15. What a and great job. one day this woman comes up, and she starts snapping her fingers at me. She's like this. And she says, I, you need to serve me right now. And I'm like, ma'am, you know, please wait your turn. I'm just serving a lot of people right now. She, and she snaps her fingers again. You need to serve me. And I said, ma'am, you know, when you talk to me like that, I'm not going to serve you. She says, you need to serve me. I said, you know what, ma'am? Now you're just insulting me. We're not serving you here. <laughs> you know Have a nice no. day. That's right. No. And I say to her, and so she says, I want to see the manager. I said, let me get him for you. And I turn away from her, and then I turn right back to her, and I say, can I help you? And she uh, says, you're not the manager. I said, I am the manager, and I'm just going to tell you we're not serving you. And she said, you know what? You're going to be working 
at this miserable ice cream store for the rest of your miserable life. And I said to her, ma'am, if I'm working here for the rest of my miserable life, you're still never getting any ice cream. Thank you. And so they'll let right? the door and hit I, you in the ass. And I used to tell, I used to laugh at that story and say, oh, it never bothered me. But Jeffy, I have to admit, yeah. it totally bothered me. Absolutely. It completely bothered me. It made me feel like my life was going to be smaller like my life was going to be like my dad's life who had just a really hard time. I'm not talking about just with money, but with stability and with safety and with things that were really important. Right. And it would be almost nice got to me. Yeah. I mean, it'd almost be nice and it's probably, you know, not possible and we'll see how the story ends, but it almost be nice to get with that lady again because Listen, you know, she was probably having a, a and, she was probably and, having and a horrible that, day you don't know what happened in her life right I mean, and that's the thing is i i want I, I don't want to go back to her and say look what i did i want to go back to her and just just connect with her and let her know but what i say is is that yes that woman got to me and upset me but yeah. that woman also thankfully and this is what i want to thank her for she drove me that but the thing is drove me. right but but the uh, another point to that though is that you know you know what words matter when to people and whether it inspired you or it could have done the exact opposite and drove you back to, uh, you know what, lady, you're right. I'm just going to shovel ice cream here uh, for the rest of my life. And, you know, not – which, you know, look, if you want to so shovel ice cream – right? Would that be a bad Right, line? right. No, no it would not. I was just going to say that. So what? You know, whatever. Right, and so big deal. But, but, but I will say when that woman was like my rocket fuel. And we all right. know, you know, that – there are, we all know that our greatest strengths can be our greatest weakness, but also your great weaknesses and your fears, they can be your greatest strengths if you harness them correctly. They can be your straight, greatest strength. And right. to me, like, that's what you have to do is harness them and use them. Uh, joining me is Brad Meltzer. Uh, we're going to stick. Brad, just hold on for a second. I got I got to break away for a couple minutes, and then we're going to come right back to you and uh, wrap it up. I know you've got things to do, but I want to hear the, uh, you know, the, the, the weirdest thing that happened on tour to you this last tour from House of Secrets when we come back. Uh, this is Jeff Fisher sitting in for Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher filling in this afternoon for Mr. Severin, and joining me now is Brad Meltzer. Uh, don't forget that you can check out all of Brad's stuff at bradmeltzer.com. All right, so the tour for House of Secrets is over. Uh, it was the weirdest, strangest thing that happened to you on this tour? Um, I don't think I'm going to give you the weirdest ever. Here's the weirdest ever <laughs> is someone brought me to my Los Angeles signing, the Holy Grail. They literally brought me what they said was the Holy Grail. They said, you know, it was one of these guys who, you know, they watched me on Decoded, and right. they said, you want to see the Holy Grail? And I was like, well, if you brought it all the way to the Barnes & Noble, how can I say no? <laughs> right, you so can't. They, yeah, they, they take it out of this, they, they take it out of the clay pot. He says to me, do you read Hebrew? I say, I actually do. Of course. He says, then you will understand this, right? And he hands me the pot. And Jeffy, I put, I put it, bring it up close to my eyes, and there's not a word of Hebrew on this thing. And it's just like, like pinpricks over and over, a thousand little dots over and over. And he says, you do understand what this means? And I said, I absolutely understand. It means security. 
So that was my that was my all time favorite. The only so, crazier one this time was was having a bat, have Batman artist Jim Lee, one of the greatest Batman artists in all time, come to the event. Uh, oh, that was wow. fun this time. Um, so, first of all, uh, you're telling me one thing that we did learn uh, out of what you just told us is that you cannot read ancient dots. That's very disappointing. I cannot I read thought, ancient uh, dots. I can I only thought, read ancient languages. But if your dot is if your ancient language is dots, you're totally screwed. I'm very disappointed in you, Brad. And now I know I, I know you have to go. We're up against the clock here, and you have to go. I don't know. Pretend you're a dad or something to a kid. Um, so we did the commencement at the University of Michigan. How, what's the fallout from that? Positive, good, great, wonderful. Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm at. You tell you know what? Have I love Brad Mills the commencement address and, and watch and get inspired. And, and you know the thing that I say is at the end is. Life is not an escalator. Life is a trapeze, and you got to jump. But when you jump from that trapeze, it will be glorious. So go out there, everyone, whatever that fear is that you have, embrace it, jump, and get some glory. Good night, everybody. Brad Meltzer. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Take care. You can find out everything you need to know about Brad at bradmeltzer.com. Seven on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Uh, Pat and Stu coming up uh, immediately following this broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network. And uh, one of the things that uh, we talk about uh, during the Pat and Stu program is uh, the new climate change phrase, heat dome. So if you're not sure what that is, you'll find out uh, coming up on the Pat and Stew broadcast, Heat Dome. So I'm just going through the uh, uh, EU uh, information about Brexit, and uh, it's kind of fascinating. So if tomorrow that uh, they'll be voting, and if you want to, uh, you'll be voting tomorrow, and it ends at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, from the EU. So, But uh, one of the things that's being held at tomorrow, and at the, it's clearly just whether Britain should leave or remain in the European Union. Why is it being held? Prime Minister David Cameron promised to hold one if he won the 2015 general election in response to growing calls from his own conservatives, MPs, and the UK Independence Party, who argued that Britain had not had a say since 1975 when it voted to stay in the EU. Uh, The EU has changed a lot since then, gaining more control over daily lives. Um, It's time the British people have had their say, Mr. Cameron said. It's time to settle this European question in British politics. It involves, the European Union involves 28 European countries, if you didn't know how many countries were involved. Um, Voting is relatively simple, and it's kind of like the U.S. Uh, You 
need to be registered to vote. Uh, you'll have been sent a card telling you uh, where voting takes place and when. And it happens tomorrow, June 23rd. And on that day, you go to the polling station. You'll be giving a piece of paper with the referendum question on it. Go to the booth, have a pencil in it used. You place X in the box, which reflects your choice, and put it into the ballot box. Uh-huh. The uh, David Cramon did try to change the rules of the UK's EU membership, and he got some benefits from it, but not everything he wanted. Uh, he wanted special status within the 28-nation club. So the United Kingdom is, you know, kind of kicked around. Uh, we're better than the EU, but, uh, you know, we're a part of you for a while. Um, one of the things that... Uh, you know, it makes me think that maybe I'm kind of for him to leave as big business, with few exceptions, tends to be in favor of Britain staying in the EU because it makes it easier for them to move money, people, and products around the world. Does it? Does it? And since um, not too long ago, our president, Barack Hussein Obama, um, pretty much threatened uh, the United Kingdom and the people saying uh, if they voted to uh, leave the European Union uh, that they would, uh, you know, he'd put them at the bottom of the list and, you know, threaten them. And it makes me think so far uh, everything for the last seven and a half years, uh, everything that uh, Barack Obama has said and Obviously, I don't mean everything, but darn near everything. Uh, the exact opposite is true. Everything of important that has that he's been for, the exact opposite is better for the country. So when he says, uh, if you leave, you're going to be in big trouble and we're going to put you at the bottom of the list, I it makes me feel like I need to be for them leaving the EU just because he's for it. Now, I love this explanation of the votes. Uh, the question is, will it simply be the case of all votes being counted to give two totals? The answer, yes. All the votes will be counted and then added up with a straight majority needed to provide the result. In answer to some other people's questions, uh, there is no minimum turnout needed. So if, for the sake of argument, only three people voted on the day and two of them voted to leave, that would result in the U.K. leaving. Think about that, huh? No majority, no minority, it's just simple votes, winner or loser. Has any member or state ever left the EU? No nation has ever left the EU. It's kind of a strange stipulation here, though. Uh, Greenland, one of Denmark's overseas territories, held a referendum in 1982 after gaining a greater degree of self-government and voted 52% to 48% to leave, which it did after a period of negotiation. Uh, I'm going to have to read up on that and find out exactly how they... What happened there? Because how does a territory, a territory of another country, and yet you're going against what they're telling you to do? I'm, 
I'd like to. I'm going to have to read a little bit more about the Greenland exit from the EU. And uh, so that's coming up tomorrow. And I really, I'm torn. And there, you know, all reports are that uh, it's uh, it's they're torn. It's fifty fifty throughout the uh, United Kingdom. And of course, um, with all the big business and the pundits all saying that it's a good thing. Uh, the man on the street is uh, not uh, not happy, and so when you uh, when you say, "Well, I wonder how come they're not happy," uh, they should be. We uh, we're good, and we don't want to leave the EU because the whole system will fall apart if we leave the EU. My gosh, don't you think so? Isn't that what will happen? You know, I don't think so. I don't think that will happen at all. I think uh, I think we'll be good. Okay, I think we'll be good. So it makes me really want to be against uh, the EU, and especially with their uh, you know rules and regulations, they're jamming down the throats, uh, the mandates, uh, which makes me you know that makes me think why Barack likes them so much. I'm sorry, President Obama likes them so much because uh, they do these mandates and shove them down the throat as if uh, you know this is what you're going to do because. We know what's best for you. Yes, we do. And you're just going to have to like it. Got it? Got it. Now, apparently, some of the rules that they were going to ram down their throats, they put on hold until this referendum, which is what I, which is what I believe uh, pushed the, you know, broke the, the camel's back. And that was the mandates about the toasters and the teapots. And um, there was something else, too, on those mandates. But people were all, the, the United Kingdom was like, oh, you know, uh, no, you've gone too far. We're not doing that. And uh, so, and people are pissed. You know, it was kind of like, uh, I heard someone explain it. Uh, the United Kingdom voted these people in 2015 uh, when David Cameron got reelected, as you heard uh, from some of the reports that he said, you know, it was time for a referendum. Well, he sent uh, uh, people got voted in because of that. It was kind of like the you know the the Tea Party ish uh, when we voted uh, all the people back into Congress because they were all going to go in there and make a big difference. And then, uh, oh man, I wish we could have done something, but we can. And darn it, we're fighting for you, but we just can't make it happen. And so, yeah, and so the people were like, "No, we want out." You're not going to stop ramming the stuff down our throats. We want out. And now we have the vote tomorrow. So it'll be fascinating to see how that turns out. Now, do you ever want to mess with your neighbors or your friends or people at work or somebody in your, you know, in your neighborhood and you just, you want to do something crazy, but you don't want to hurt anybody you just want something to happen and have it be weird and cool. My wife sent me a picture of something, and her her message to me was, I'm sure you'll want to do this. She was right. You get two giant beach balls. Okay, You blow them up. You paint eyes on them. Okay, paint them so they look like eyes, and then you place them in trees, 
facing houses. So it looks like these giant eyeballs, the tree has giant eyeballs. How cool is that? You could put those anywhere. So giant eyeballs and these trees and these bushes. And so it looks like they're, they're just looking at you coming out of the tree. I want to do that so bad. So bad. Because it will be really cool. And people will get angry. Because that's not even funny. That's not even funny. You know, I'm driving home and I'm seeing this thing. It looks like two giant eyeballs in a tree staring at me. It's not even funny. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah, it is. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Jeff Fisher sitting in for uh, Jay Severn today. Jay should be back tomorrow. Uh, you know, keep your fingers crossed for Jay. I don't know what kind of trouble he's in, but, uh, man, you never know what happens at the border. And especially trying to get out of Venezuela after you've sold all your wares at the flea market and you got all that cash from the people dying for goods because that place is on fire and they need any kind of merchandise they can get. And they'll pay anything for it. So when you go down there and you sell your wares and you make all that cash and then you try to get back across the border, uh, it's tough getting across. And hopefully he's made it by now. But if not, I hope he makes it back in time to do the show tomorrow because, man, it's tough getting out of Venezuela these days. You can quote me on that. This is Jeff Fisher on the Blaze Radio Network filling in for Jay Severin. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can follow me on Twitter, uh, at JeffyMRA, Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio, and Instagram, uh, at JeffyMRA. So Google is now uh, a little wound up about uh, robots. Uh, They're a little concerned that, uh, you know, want to make sure that uh, the robots are safe. And they might not actually, you know, I don't know, stab you when you're there. You know, they want to make sure that uh, things are okay when you're in the home with robots. Everybody loves, most of the studies show that, uh, you know, we joked around yesterday about uh, Rosie waiting on you and having things ready for you. But most of the studies show right now, most people are okay with robots uh, in their house doing things as long as they look like a robot and they know they're robots. But if they start uh, trying to make them look human, most humans realize, hey, there's something off. Uh, it's not a human. There's something off with that. It's either, you know, that's a bad robot or it's a person that's weird or something, but we know it's not right. We don't like that. We don't want that around. But we're okay with the robots around. Well, Google is now, you know, they're a little bit concerned over their AIs, like they want to avoid negative side effects. You know, how do you stop a robot from knocking over a bookcase um, in trying to, you know, sweep the floor or whatever? Uh, if a robot is programmed to enjoy cleaning your room, how do you stop it from messing up the place just so it can feel the pleasure of cleaning it again? Okay. A scalable oversight. How much decision-making do you give the robot? Does it need to ask you every time it moves an object to clean your room? 
or only if it's moving that special vase that uh, you keep under your bed and never put flowers in for some reason. Uh, safe exploration. How do you teach a robot the limits of its curiosity? Google's researchers give the example of a robot that's learning where it's allowed to mop. How do you let it know that mopping new floors is fine, but that it shouldn't stick the mop in the electrical socket? How do you make sure the robots expect respect the space they're in? Uh, a cleaning robot let loose in your bedroom will act differently than one that is sweeping up in a factory, but how is it supposed to know the difference? Okay. Now, they're not quite as simple as, I mean, we're back to, uh, you know, maybe the... Uh, the iRobot laws, right? I mean, we're pretty close to that. Um, the uh, A robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to harm. A robot must obey orders given it by human beings except where such orders would conflict with the first law. A robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. Okay? Must obey orders given it by human beings, except where such orders would conflict with the first law, which is a robot may not injure a human being, or it can't, through inaction, allow a human being to come to harm. And we all... You know, saw the movie and saw how that turned out, right? Okay. So, uh, you know, we're actually, we're there. I'm telling you, we are so close to having robots everywhere. iRobot is, it's probably already here. They've already, probably already manufacturing them. That's what Carrier moved to Mexico for. They're not building air conditioners. They're building robots. That's just a joke. I don't know that. But... Think about it. All right. We'll see you tomorrow on the Glenn Beck program. Pat and Stu, Jay Severin, probably be back tomorrow. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.